Remember when you had to pay to get a lead's phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right, get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com slash BP. What's better than low money down? No money down. Now through Rent to Retirement, you can buy a brand new construction turnkey rental property for no money down. Wait, hold on. This can't be right. I need to double check with Zach, Rent to Retirement CEO. Oh, hey, Rob. Zach, how the heck are you selling turnkey rental properties for $0 down? (laughs) It's not that complicated, Rob. Rent to Retirement has new construction properties up to $20,000 below retail prices. We also have investor loans with rates as low as 3.99% and down payment options as low as 5% or sometimes even zero money down. You get all the cash flow, appreciation, and equity for as little as zero money down. That's an infinite return. Oh, wait, wait. Let me get on this before we tell it to the whole Bigger Pockets audience. Just head to renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com or text REI to 33777. That's REI to 33777 to learn more about how you can get started investing with no money down today. Get your next new construction property at a steep discount or invest with no money down. Head to rentoretirement.com today. Passive income without the property headache? It's possible. There's a way to invest passively in real estate and get monthly income without any tenants, maintenance, or property management. The wealthy have been doing this for years, and if you're an accredited or high net worth investor, you too can collect cash flow without the headaches that come from owning rentals. How? By investing in a private real estate fund with PPR Capital Management. PPR's co-founder, Dave Van Horn, wrote the book on real estate note investing for BP. But he's not just investing in notes. Dave and his team also have an extensive background in commercial real estate. And with PPR Capital Management, they're strategically investing in both notes and commercial real estate nationwide. With over half a billion dollars in assets under management, PPR has provided individuals with a steady source of truly passive income since 2007 without ever missing a payment. Check them out at investwithppr.com. Again, if you're looking to get monthly passive income from an experienced team with a strong track record, go to investwithppr.com today. This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, show 255. Again, it goes back to the point earlier, just have integrity and care about people and, and try to do the right thing. Money's not the most important thing. Friendship and uh, relationships are the most important thing in this business. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. What's going on, everybody? My name is Mindy Jensen. I am stepping in for the host of the Bigger Pockets podcast, Josh Dorkin, who's playing hooky or some other similar <laughs> not being at work thing. 
And with me as always, Mr. Brandon Turner. What's going on, Brandon? How you doing? Man, I'm so good. I just got back from Disneyland and SeaWorld and uh, it was amazing. Did you go by yourself or did you take your lovely family with you? I went all alone and I was on like, (laughs) I was on uh, It's a Small World, like 400. No, I took my family and we dressed up Rosie as Belle because that's what you do when you're a weird parent. And it was seriously the cutest thing you've ever seen. If you want to see it, go to my Instagram at Beardy Brandon and you can see some cute pictures. Oh, she's adorable. She looks just like her mom, of course. Of course. She's pretty awesome. Yeah. It was good. Uh, what, what have you been up to? Not so much, really. Just hanging out. We've had a lot of people come in and visit. We have friends who have this thing called the Pop-Up Business School, and they had a they had a pop-up business school. They teach you how to run your own business. Oh, fancy. Um, I tried to get Josh to go, but he's all, I'm successful. And I'm like, <laughs> hey, maybe you should go. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a lot of people at our house then, and I am... Uh, I had a great time with them and I'm now equally happy that they are no longer there. <laughs> Isn't that funny when people come to visit, you're like, oh, I'm so glad you're here. And then like 10 minutes later, you're like, get out. Just get out. I'm <laughs> well, done. I'm a little nicer than you. Um, okay. I am always, I am so glad you're here. And then as they're leaving, I'm like, I am so glad you're leaving. Yeah. 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 I hope they don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> they're probably listening right now. All right. So, with, yeah. <laughs> with that, as we've offended all of your family and friends, uh, let's get to today's quick, quick tip. tip. Uh, today's wow, quick that was, tip. That was really good. That was the best, most in sync out of all 255 episodes. Sorry, Josh. That was that was true. And speaking of in sync, you know what's a really great band? Not in sync. In sync. Man, their Christmas album back in like 1997 or nine. I don't know. Anyway, it was really good. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Yeah. Anyway, it's really good. Um, My sister listened to it it. on repeat. And so then I listened to it on repeat all through high school. (gasps) Let's do today's quick tip. We're talking about the the Bigger Pockets private message system. Very short public service announcement today. We have a private message system on Bigger Pockets, which it's like email, but better because there's a little picture of you next to it and you can send messages to people on bigger pockets. So if there's somebody on BP that you're like, I really wanted to reach out to that podcast guest or that one guy in the forums or that one blog post writer, do me a favor and today go shoot him a message and say, Hey, this is who I am. And actually today's episode, we're talking about uh, networking and relationships. So that's actually a very fitting quick tip. Anything you want to add to that? Yes, I do. Okay. So you have to be colleagues with somebody before you can send them a message. Okay. So as you send them a colleague request, you also want to add a message that just says, Hey, I've seen you on the forums and I think you give great advice or, Hey, you write really great articles for the bigger pockets blog, whatever it is that you want to convey to them, tell them, cause they're not going to read your mind. They're not going to know. And I have heard that if you add a message to your colleague request, it's like a 12,000% chance of getting accepted as opposed to 1% if you don't sell it. <laughs> I'm sure that's the exact and math. Those might not be like completely legit numbers, but. <laughs> well, you know, like 97% of statistics are made up. So <laughs> cool. All right. Well, good job. Also a reminder, the PM system is not for spamming. So don't go on there and be like, Hey, fund my deal, be my mentor or whatever. Like Build relationships. This is not, don't be weird. All right. Yes. Give. Give. First. Give first. Very cool. All right. Well, that was today's quick tip. So thank you, Mindy. Now, 
Before we get to the show, I want to I want to talk about today's show a little bit. So today we have a, a special guest, Elliot Smith. He is one of the most impressive guys that I've had the pleasure of meeting recently. I mean, really, really a fantastic guy. I mean, today's show we talk about everything from how he went from like zero to making six figures his first year in real estate while working a full time job, more than full time job, like seventy hours a week. Yeah, double time yeah, job. Double time job. We he talked about how when he quit his job, he made. Six figures like in one month. We'll talk about that as well. Yeah. We, we get really deep in, in, in a topic that we've never really covered on the show here today. And that's like dealing with like depression and bipolar uh, disorder, like as a real estate investor, really, really, I guess, fascinating topic. Something that a lot of people do deal with and we don't ever talk about. You know, we all hide behind these personas. So that was a good. And then, uh, yeah, he's just got a lot, a lot of good stuff to say. It's one of our he has longer so shows. many tips. So many yeah, tips. This- we could not stop talking. I Brandon says halfway through or well, not halfway through towards the end. He's like, wow, that was an hour and a half. I'm like, really? Yeah. yeah. It just went by so fast. It was such a great show. All right. Now let's get to the show. You know, we always say leave us rating and reviews. I'm not going to say that. So if you wanted to go to iTunes and leave us a rating and review, I'm not telling you to do that or asking you even. I'm just saying that we usually say that. But today I'm not going to say that. Cool, Mindy? That was really slick, Brandon. Was that really slick? I'm really impressed was, with myself right I now. I bet nobody is going to go to iTunes.com nope. and leave us a review. I don't think that's where they go. <laughs> anyway, I think they have to go to their <laughs> iTunes player or on their phone or Stitcher. Anyway, but I'm not don't talking about that. I don't, don't we have a link to tell you how to do that? Oh my gosh, we don't, but let's do one. Okay, we're going to do one. We'll I make think one. there's a link. Maybe there is. I okay. wouldn't know. Well, All check right. out the show notes. Today's show notes can be found at biggerpockets.com slash Show 255. All right. And with that, let's bring in our guest today, Elliot Smith. Welcome to the show, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm fantastic. Mindy, how are you doing? Yes, sir. I am doing wonderful. Thank you, Brandon, for asking. How are you doing, Elliot Smith? I can't complain at all. Life is good. <laughs> well, good. So just to be clear, you are not the famous Elliot Smith, the musician. Is that correct? No, I did not commit suicide. So I'm <laughs> I'm good. Oh yeah, Brandon. <laughs> did he really? Did he, yeah, oh, he's, not, wow. he's not with us anymore. Well, wow, let's hope that yeah. let's hope that his family is not listening to this. This got really morbid really fast. Yeah. Wow. Maybe we should cut. Yeah, um, we'll we'll leave that in. All right. Okay. Let's let's keep we're gonna move past that and uh, let's talk about real estate. You know, that's probably more you know uplifting. How did you? Get started with real estate investing. I kind of grew up in real estate investing a little bit. My dad did it on and off for the last 30 years. Uh, He was a doctor by trade, but he would flip a house or two. When I was 18, I was kind of like in between jobs and he ended up taking me to a house. He was negotiating with the sellers. He bought the house and then he decided to let me and a friend do all the work. And that was a terrible idea on his part, but we, <laughs> <laughs> we, we did it. We did it all from uh, the sprinklers to the roof in 110 degree weather. And yeah, it was a great learning experience. And all I learned was that I want to be the guy that writes the checks, not the guy that does the work. And so <laughs> it was kind of our intro into it. And then I went through life and got jobs and got responsible and then came back to real estate about seven, eight years later. So okay, let's. Yeah, I want to pick up to that 18 year old. Did you yes. do the work you and your friend were actually swinging the hammers and doing oh, yeah. all the work yourselves? OK. Oh, yeah, we did it all. My uh, my friend was he was a shop teacher. He's been my good buddy growing up since I was in middle school. And so he uh, he and I did it and he knew way more than I did. But I just kind of learned and figured it out, like how to mud and how to texture and how to put toilets in and all this. Yeah, it was it was awesome. So did you pass inspections? <laughs> Uh, we we did a electrical, yeah, exactly. <laughs> did an electrical for the panel that I hired out, but yeah, we we did all right. 
<laughs> so let's talk, like, do you, all right, so obviously starting that way isn't the most exciting. We don't like swinging hammers. We want to write the checks. Do you, do you regret that decision back then, or do you think it helped get you to where you are today? And then the second part of that question is, do you recommend people listen to the show? Should they completely bypass that, or is it a good uh, stepping stone to get to where they're, you, where you're at today? Yeah, I don't, I don't regret it. I just, I needed the money and I really didn't know, like I was real estate investing at that time. At that point, it was just working for dad. And so it wasn't really like, oh, I'm flipping a house and I'm a real estate investor. But yeah, I think having some knowledge, I worked a little bit of construction. So I have a little bit of knowledge. And so really when we first started wholesaling, if you don't know a lot about houses, you can get duped really easily by your buyers. And so they could be like, oh, you need to fix all this stuff. And you're like, oh, I don't know any better. So I'll take a cut on my wholesale fee. So having some knowledge definitely does help to like, there's certain kinds of siding and watching and like LP siding that's an issue that there's certain things or certain panels that need to be changed and other ones that don't. And so kind of goes from there. So you kind of need to know a little bit. Okay, wait, what's wrong with LP siding? Because I just put that all over my house. Uh, it, it was the nineties, the LP back in the nineties, it would rot. Oh, it would, it would absorb water. Yeah. And so, um, it's freaking me out. It's, you know, last year's model is no good. So if you got last year's model (laughs) (laughs) four years ago, (laughs) four years ago. Okay. No, no, no. So it's, uh, it was just nineties. Yeah, I've actually had uh, two different houses that I purchased. And I mean, here's just a lesson I guess learned. When I bought these two properties, I I didn't get inspections on them. I I don't get inspections very (gasps) often on properties when I buy them because I'm like, "Ah, I know everything. Like I used to be a contractor. I got this, right? Except for both of them, I missed, oh, that's LP siding. Like I didn't realize that. And so in both cases, I had a lot of trouble selling those houses in two different times over my career. Today, now I know what LP siding is. And so, you know. And I still sold both the houses. One of them, they actually made me replace all of it. The other one, the buyer, well, the first buyer backed out because of it. The second buyer said they didn't care and they bought it anyway. But yeah, it's a good reason why even if you think you're smart, probably a good idea to get an inspection. If nothing else, it gives you a checklist of things to do. I don't know. Do you get, uh, do, do you get inspections, Elliot? Not really anymore. When I, I will on big houses that I'm unsure of. I'll, okay. have a, I'll hire an inspector just to go do a visual, visual inspection. Um, and that way I can kind of just hear it, but then there's nothing written down on paper that I have to disclose later on if I, if it's just minor stuff. So. Okay. I want to jump in here and I want to say that, uh, Elliot has a bit of experience, Brandon kind of new, but still a little bit of an experience. (laughs) I want to jump in and say, if you are a newbie, do not follow these guys instructions (laughs) and not get, not get an inspection. If you don't know what you're doing, you are going to miss so much stuff. Yeah. So when I first started, I started out wholesaling. And so I was wholesaling these and then I started running into issues and having, I had one buyer that I sold everything to because I was working a ton and he was easy and he would buy everything. But I started, he started beating me up on stuff. And so I finally hired an inspector to walk through the properties for like 200 bucks so I could know what was going on with the house. And then if he would come to me and be like, oh, that needs to be replaced or I can't finish out this basement or I can't do that, I'd be like, wrong, you know, <laughs> so, cause I had an inspector and I started learning the issues that he was trying to get me, get me down on price. So I, I needed to build my knowledge cause I was losing money by not knowing. So I, I do recommend inspections. Anybody that I coach, not coach, I don't coach anybody, anybody that I help, sure. then I have them, I tell them to get mentor or uh, get inspections. A bunch of people just got really excited. They're like, Oh, Elliot Smith's going to coach me. He's got all this free time. (laughs) I'm not your guru like Tony Robbins. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) 
So that was a good, do- was a good documentary, in. by the way. I, I really that enjoyed was- it. Or, I don't know if you call it a documentary. It's more like an advertisement, but it was good. I liked it. I thought it was good. Yeah, it's on oh, Netflix. I didn't see it. Yeah, it's on Netflix. I didn't see it yet. Yeah, um, so I want to say a uh, good rule of thumb. Do I need an inspector? If you're asking, then you need one. Ooh, good rule of thumb. I like if that. you, Brandon. Nicely done. Nicely done. Yeah, unless you're going to gut the whole thing. If you're taking it all the way down to the studs, what is there to inspect? Like, what does it matter if they find mold? You're going to rip it out anyway. You coat the studs. You you take off your LP siding. I want to know where you're located. I have never heard this LP siding thing before, and I've done a lot of houses. Hold on. We'll go back to that. If you're new and you're getting an entire house, and like <laughs> that might not be the best first house. Yeah. That, is, that is a very good point. <laughs> Quick that is tip. Point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Taking so, it all the way to the studs is not a good idea for your first flip. No, yeah. that is true statement. Okay, uh, so where are you located and where is this LP siding? Is this like a known issue? I've been doing this since before Brandon was born, and I don't remember ever hearing anything about LP siding being bad. So I'm in two markets. I'm in Vancouver, Washington market and Tri-Cities, Washington, which is eastern Washington. So western Washington, okay. eastern Washington. It's more of an issue in the in the dry or wetter climates because the LP siding doesn't shed the water very well. It actually absorbs moisture and then rots from the inside. And it was only like their newer or like their, not their newer, but their stuff back in the nineties that they really had issues with, but it was a huge, they had massive recalls and, and it was huge issues. So if there's like an LP has their like signature, not in the siding. And so you can kind of tell that's LP siding at that point, but people still get. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. Cause I'm in Denver. So, but I did a lot of my flipping in the Illinois, Chicago area. Uh, okay. But it's not as moist as the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, we're pretty much underwater most of the year. Yeah, we, we okay, swim, that's good to know. A lot. Yeah. So, all right. So, yeah, LP siding. I mean, like, what I find is just siding is different everywhere in the country. You know, like, you go to certain areas, like, certain sidings way more. Like, around here, everything is cedar in my area because we've got, like, 400 million cedar mills because we live in the middle of the woods. And so, like, every, everything is, like, cedar shake siding and LP when they started putting that in. And now today, it's hardy plank. But, you know, you go to other areas, it's all brick. Or you go to other places, it's all, you know whatever. So yeah, know your market, I guess. Know your market. That's right. Okay. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you are in Washington state. That's actually where I met Elliot. You, I was speaking at that, uh, one of the real estate clubs put on by Tarl. Tarl Yarbers. Yeah. Yeah. Tarl Yarber. He's been on the podcast. I was speaking at his event a while back and you and I connected there and you're good friends with Anson Young as well. I know you guys are buddies. Yeah, uh, who's also been on the podcast numerous times, wrote the book on, or what's it called? Finding and Funding Deals. It's not the book on. I always want to say that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. There you go. Give a little Finding and funding great, great deals. deals. Great not deals. just regular deals. Great deals, Brandon. Hey, where can you yeah. go to get that on the site, Mindy? Oh, www.biggerpockets.com slash great deals. I think it is. Or slash store. I think it is. Either well, one. let's go over there. Oh, slash store. Yes. Let's make sure. That I'm not sending people to the wrong spot. All right. While you're looking that up, I want to talk about your first deal, Elliot. So your first deal by yourself that like you, that you went and did. You Did you start okay. wholesaling? Was that a wholesale deal? Like how did that, how'd you begin? Yeah. So, well, my wife and I, we moved to Vancouver, Washington in uh, 2013. Okay. And she had bought a house, her first house at 20 over in Richland. So we turned that into a rental. And that was kind of our first, you know, investing deal. And so, and then we moved over there. We were living in our house. We're like, well, let's turn this house into a rental after the year. So we made 
we uh, we bought another house the next year and made that house that we had purchased a rental. So we were just doing the live in, you know, buy it with the 5% down and then turn it into a rental. And when we moved into the second houses in 2014 or 2015, we're like, we were like, let's buy more rentals. We want to buy duplexes. So we were like searching on the internet, like how to buy duplexes and all that stuff. And we were like, oh, bigger pockets. What's this site? So we joined that and I started reading a lot on bigger pockets and I was like trying to ask landlord questions. And so finally I'm like, oh, you could send letters to get like people to sell you houses. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> let's let's go pull a list of duplexes. And we sent like the worst letter in the entire world out that we found on the site. <laughs> like I showed it to my stepmom and, and she's been a realtor for 25 years. And she's like, this is awful. Like if anybody calls you, like they're, they're not going to call you. But like Chrissy and I, we, uh, we were like handwriting letters. We sent out like 50, um, the first week handwrite letters and the, um, we printed out letters and then we hand wrote the envelope. And we sent it out. We got a call. And that first call, we're like jumping up. Like, somebody called us. Like, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and so we ended up didn't, didn't get that deal. But we got a deal like the very next month in March. And we ended up wholesaling it. It was not the best. Hindsight, I should have bought it. Like every duplex that I've wholesaled out, I should have bought. But we ended up wholesaling it for like five grand. And we're like, holy moly, we just put like $200 into this deal. We just made five grand. Like, this is the greatest thing ever. And so we're like, think if we did one of these a month. And so then that was kind of our first deal. So um, I, I want to really dive into that because you're, did you get that from the dr- direct mail letter you sent the next month then? Is that? Yeah. So it was like the awesome. next batch of direct mail. So like I was, I was working uh, with Franz Bakery at the time and I was working like 70 hours a week. And so I was, the lady called me at like five o'clock and I was actually in bed to sleep and she called me and she's like, Hey, I got a duplex. I want to sell. Um, I want to sell it for like 120 and I'm like, oh, okay. Like super groggy. <laughs> like, and then all of a sudden I, I hang up and I'm like, I'll call you later. And I hang up and I'm like, wait a second. Did she just say 120? Like that's gotta be a deal. <laughs> so I called my guy, a guy that I met on bigger pockets that was kind of helping me. And he ended up, he was like, set the appointment. And so I went over there, set the appointment. He's like, get it for 115 or whatever. So we're, you know, I just negotiated and turns out she had been a realtor for like 45 years. Like she was, and I don't know like why she wanted to sell it to me because <laughs> um, I ended up wholesaling it out to the guy and he ended up literally uh, turning around, never went inside of it, relisted it for 165 and sold it in like two weeks. Wow. And wow. Like, yeah, he was in it for 120 and yeah, so it was, uh, it was a good deal for him. So that's so. why you say you probably should have just kept it and flipped it yourself. Yeah that or just done some different you know no hard feelings against the guy like i i did it was a good learning experience you know know what you have i mean you know i made five grand i made a profit and so and i got to learn like hey you need to know what you have don't always take the first you know nickel you know maybe the slow dive yeah i want to i want to jump in there and say you don't know what you don't know and taking that five thousand dollars and making five thousand dollars instead of spending fifty thousand dollars on some wholesaling course you just you didn't lose $20,000 on this deal or 40,000 or whatever. You made $5,000 and that's what you have to focus on. And there's another deal down the road. There's always Correct. another deal. Correct. Yeah. And, and we ended up getting a deal, another duplex for like 8,900 the very next month. $8,900 for a two family house connected together. Uh, $8,900 really? Or profit. Well, no, we, we, my we profit. We profit. Oh, we profit. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I no. still hate my city. Yeah. Our market's awful, but yeah, Brandon's always talking about these houses he buys for a dollar. Uh, $2, so, $2, Mindy. $2, I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> That's because he so lives cheap. in the part of Washington that nobody wants to live in. 
Well, I live in, no, no, no. I live in the most, I live in the most beautiful part of Washington that nobody wants to live in. I yeah. think okay. all of Washington is beautiful, but I can't believe You haven't been to Tri-Cities. Yeah. You, you haven't been to Tri-Cities. You haven't been to Tri-Cities. So you haven't been to Eastern Washington. Yeah. So like Washington's, have. have you really, where it's oh. like desert and then like pretty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you started, so you, you I want to recap real quick. So you got on bigger pockets. You started learning about this process of direct mail marketing. You started sending letters and you got a deal and then you started sending more letters, but you're still working your full-time job uh, at this point. Right. Or when did, when did that stop? Yeah. yeah I worked that full-time job for like another year and a half, basically a so year. That's not a full-time job. That's a double time job. Yeah. 70 <laughs> hours a week. Yeah. And it was, it was like, Worse because, so uh, I was a supervisor for a bread company for France Bakery, and it was a great company to work for. Um, I made a good living, had good benefits, but I was a manager, so sometimes I had to run a route. So I'd start at one, two, and three in the morning, and then run a route, work till like three, four in the afternoon, because I have to do my my supervising job afterwards. And then other days, I, you know, I never knew my days off. Like some days I start at six, some days I start at one in the morning, some days I work Sundays, some days I work, you know. So it was kind of difficult, but I would, uh, I just made it work. Like I was actually, I was able to answer my phone. So I was able to answer phone calls all the time. And then I drove a lot. And so I listened to like every VP podcast I could get my hands on, like listen to like them on repeat, listen to books, listen to whatever I could do just to learn. So it was actually a good, good job for me to have um, while I was trying to do this. That's cool. That's cool. And and I think, uh, you know, a lot of people who are listening to this have a full-time job and they really struggle. Like how... I can't find the time. How do I, how do I do this? How do I make it happen? But like you said, you just, you just do it because you have to, like, you need to, like, it's not yeah. going to, it's not going to happen any other way. Yeah. And it's, you know, I got another buddy that was on the podcast, Justin Severio. Yep. And he worked a full-time job that was like an office job where he was an accountant and we, he quit a little bit before I did. And so we always talked, but he would just make it work. You just work on lunch. You work when you get home, you do, you work on weekends. You just do whatever you have to do to make it work. Yeah. Um, yeah it just, doesn't it, take Forever to return a phone call. Yep, you're right. No. You know, five, 10 minutes. If your boss is not going to be that understanding to take a five minute phone call, you know, you do it on your lunch break or, you know. Exactly. And send luckily, out emails on the weekends. Luckily, yeah. Luckily, my job was like being on the phone, handling fires, handling problems. So I could be on the phone. I drove <laughs> and I was in the car. So I drove all the time. So I, you know, I just at, at some point it shifted where I'm like, hey, this is going to be a good side hustle to like, I don't want to work for Franz anymore. And so then I kind of slacked at Franz and just like did everything I could to make real estate work, yeah. my wife and I. And my wife ended up quitting her job like six months after we started. So in August, because she's a smart one. And so, <laughs> so we needed her to quit first. And it just so happened that I had the job that could support our, our family more than enough. So it was, it was fine. Well, so let's talk about that, that first year of wholesaling. Like, can you, can you give any kind of numbers or like how many deals did you do or, or anything like that in the first year or so or two years? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so the first year we were consistently doing one deal a month. Okay. Um, sometimes we would do two. So I think we ended up the year with like uh, 14 deals or something like that, that we wholesaled out. Wow. And what, what, what was your average profit on those? Uh, I think it kind of fluctuated, but I would say right around like 10 to $12,000, but we had some where, I started getting my buyers started saying, Hey, I'll pay you some up front and then I'll cut you in on a back half deal. And so sometimes he would pay us like three grand up front. And then one time he paid us like 25 grand after the deal closed. Oh, wow. And so, so it kind of worked out pretty well. Okay. You said my buyer, do you have one person that you're 
wholesaling for? Do you have several, do you have a buyer's list or did you find just one unicorn? I just, I just had one buyer just because I had such limited time. I needed to, I needed to know that if somebody said, Hey, I'm going to buy this, it's done. And, and the guy that I was selling to, he was a good man, but he did like 200 flips a year in Vancouver, him and his partner. So I could just send him the pictures and be like, Hey, what would you pay for this? And then he would say, I'd pay, you know, 150,000 and I go get it. I try to get it for as low as I could, but know that he would buy it for 150. So at that point I could just kind of learn. He kind of helped teach me and then paid me to find, find leads. Basically, I basically bird dogged and then just did what he said. That's he okay, didn't tell so, me how to wholesale, but yeah. And how did you find him? I know you shouldn't do this, but I posted like my second duplex on Craigslist. Um, but I told the sellers what I was going to do. And so I posted on Craigslist and then his agent ended up reaching out to me and then he walked the the duplex and he like walked in one side and I had another guy there too. He walked in one side for like 30 seconds, walked out the, into the other side for like 30 seconds and said, yep, let's do it. Like didn't negotiate or anything. He just went and signed it on the hood of his car and, and uh, yeah, he closed it and I'm like, he's like, let's do some more. And I'm like, yeah, this was awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, you're my guy. Every buyer is absolutely exactly like that. That'll always happen every single time. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. Well, okay, I want to I want to jump back really quick and say you told the sellers. I want to reiterate to everybody who's listening. You told the sellers what you were doing when you you said that you told the sellers you were listing it on Craigslist and you were going to assign the contract or whatever. I want to make that really clear to everybody who's listening. Be honest with your sellers. Don't just try to go behind their backs. They're going to find out. They're going to figure something out. They're going to not trust you as a person. And your reputation is not worth that. Totally. Yeah. And and at that point, I didn't really still didn't know what I was doing. I just was talking to them and I'm like, hey, um, they're like, hey, we just want to sell for what we owe on it. We just want to get out of it. We're in South Carolina. We don't want to deal with it anymore. Our our property manager is like stealing from us. Like, we just want to get done with this. And so it ended up working out pretty well. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to make a profit. They're like, that's fantastic. They were so happy that I, you know, made some money. And I just told them what I was doing the whole way through. Uh, good. Now, at, at some point, though, like, it's probably not a good idea still to do that because you're kind of brokering without a license at that point. Yeah. Because I'm telling them, like, hey, I'm not buying this. So I'm not writing it up like, hey, I'm going to buy this. I mean, so you're still kind of brokering without a license. So it's probably not the right way to do it still. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a minute. So for the people who maybe we maybe we should have made this earlier more clear, but wholesaling is this idea where you find good properties and then you in a variety of different ways, you get that property over to somebody who's actually going to flip it. So you don't actually do the flipping. You just find the deal. And then there's a couple of different ways to do that. Is that a good explanation of it? Yeah, it's yeah, simple and to the point. OK, so that the idea of a wholesaling, the problem that that wholesaling is today is that like you said, you're brokering without a license. And a lot of states are saying that's, you can't do that. You can't get a property, market it and do all that stuff. You have to have a license for that. And then if you have a license, then there's other issues potentially with that as well. And so, yeah, like if you're going to wholesale, make sure you understand the legalities of it in your state. Talk to some other people who do it, go on the bigger pockets forums, research it, maybe even talk to an attorney though. Most attorneys don't really know what wholesaling is either, but uh, just make sure you're doing it right and legit. And uh, I'm actually on the show notes for this show. If you go to biggerpockets.com slash show 255, uh, I'll actually link to a few articles that we've written here on Bigger Pockets about that very topic just to hopefully shed some light on it. Because yeah, wholesaling can be very, very cool, very, very profitable. You made, what, six figures your first year doing it. But yeah. like, you just have to do it right. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. 
and I and I treated that's why I just stuck with one buyer because I felt like it was a better way because I'm like at this point I'm his partner like I'm going and signing these up as his partner he's just paying me out my profit on the front end and so that's kind of the my thought on that and that's why I just stuck with one buyer and not a big buyers list and that was after you guys had formed kind of a relationship he now you really are partners that's another thing that really sticks in my craw when I see it on the <laughs> on the forums oh I'll just put this under contract pending partner approval. Well, unless you already have the partnership going, that's not your partner. That's your funder. So you having this relationship with him and makes it your part, makes him your partner, but don't use the word partner unless you really are already partners. I'm not, I'm not yelling at you, Elliot. I'm telling (laughs) you, everybody listening, you're doing it right. See, I love people and I'm a people pleaser to the the max. And so I never want to hurt a seller. And that's my thought. People don't really care. Like at some point, like I'm just going to go tie it up and then I'm going to like, if I can't sell it, then I'll just back out of the contract. Well, you told them you were going to buy this property in 30 days. Like they might've already packed. They might already put a deposit down on a home. You know, that's, that's the one thing that it's, it's really hard in this. And, and I care about people and the deals that I've had the hardest time are ones where I'm like, I really care about the people, but I probably, tie, I probably, they probably want too much. And I try to make it work or try to, mix them with this person and maybe this person can help you. And it just wastes my time. But that's the thing is you're getting people's hopes up. And so I've, you also see out there, like just tie it up and then get them committed and then negotiate them down another 20 or $30,000 if they have equity. And it's, and it's like, that's the quickest way to never have me talk to you um, or be your friend. <laughs> and so it's just, there's some, just care about people. And that's kind of where Christy and I rank our business is like, it's people first. And at the end of the day, profits definitely second. And, and so that's what, why we try to do it. I love that. If if you take care of people, they're going to take care of you. And there's nothing wrong with wholesaling a property. If it's, you know, legal in your state, there's nothing wrong with wholesaling a property. If you're, even if it's owner occupied, as long as you're upfront and honest with them, they want too much money. Hey, that doesn't work for me. It works at this price. And once you get it under contract, Hey, this is what I'm going to do. Or before you get it under contract, I'm sorry, I misspoke before you get it under contract, this is what I'm going to do. Then they can make the decision. Hey, that's great. I'm going to go with you. Or you know what? That doesn't work for me. Let them make the decision. Don't make the decision for them. And there are some legit reasons to back out. Like say there's foundation issues or there's, you know, there's certain things that that you might need to get a reduction in price. And so there is legit reasons to back out of a contract. And so really, Absolutely. I think it all has to do with your intent. Like, is your intent to screw this person or is your intent to, to really do the right thing? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I could go on forever, but (laughs) you are the guest, not me. Let's talk about what did you do after that? Did you stick with wholesaling? Did you move on to flipping? How did you? Yeah. So we, um, we kept wholesaling and and our goal was to save up like 15 months of our income and be debt-free. Yep. So that was kind of our goal. And so we wholesaled for like a year and then I quit February 20. I put my notice February, 2016, uh, my job. And so at that point we had replaced our income or like saved up enough money to have a year's worth of salary. And so um, my wife's very conservative. So that worked out pretty well. And then I put my notice in. I gave them six weeks notice just because I really did like friends. They give me great life. And so then I ended up quitting April 1st, 2016. And that was, uh, so then we, at that point we were still wholesaling and actually in June. So two months after we quit our job, we made a hundred thousand dollars in June wholesaling. Well, so in one month, in one month. So it was like, I, just, I just made more than what I made all last year working for Franz in one month. And so I need I, some I, details on that. <laughs> 
You don't just, oh, I made $100,000 and then move on. Stop right there. (laughs) Tell me what's going on with that. So we just tried to fill our pipeline as much as we could, knowing that we were going to quit. And then I just started like going out and door knocking and sending letters and our marketing just started hitting really well. I have a pretty, pretty good close rate with people. And so I just, it just so happened that I just got like six deals and ended up getting a a $30,000 assignment fee in there and a, and another $25,000 backend check. And so it just worked out that we made like $101,000 that month, which was cool. It was like validation because at France, I made like $85,000 a year. And so in one month, like I made more than I made working 70 hours a week for an entire year. That's incredible. And how long did it take you to get all of those deals in that one month? Did it take you 70 hours a week for four weeks? No. So (laughs) Tarl Yarber, back to him, he would say my claim to fame is like, we built our business on part-time and that's kind of what we did. And so all our, we built systems, everything was geared towards me working like crazy hours. And so everything had to be built towards part-time. And we probably continued that, you know, I might've worked that, that time, like 25 hours a week leading up to that, but we still consistently work 15, maybe 20 hours a week throughout. Like that's what we do. That's awesome. I, I remember you and I talked about this once before when we met up about, yeah, like you built like you, you built a business part time because you had a full time job. I'm just reiterating in case anybody missed this. And then when you became a full, like when you quit that job, you didn't suddenly just fill in the void with, okay, now I'm going to work 80 hours a week at the real estate thing. You just kept working it part time, but making a full time income at it. And I love that. I love that mentality. Yeah. I love that too. A little jealous. Yeah. So it's basically (laughs) my, my wife and I, it's, you know, lifestyle, like what's our lifestyle want to be. And so, you know, like I just said earlier, like I was, I golfed a lot of tournaments the last couple of months because I like, I wanted to get back into doing those things. And she likes hiking and we like taking our dog for walks and, and, you know, we like traveling. We're going to go in a couple in December for three and a half weeks to Southeast Asia. So nice. And so it's just try to, how do, how do we build a lifestyle while still working? And that's kind of worked out pretty well for us. So cool. So cool. All right. So you, you, you quit the job, you made all that money wholesaling, uh, and then you transitioned at some point to flipping, correct? Yeah. So I had a, I had met a a buddy, uh, through a mutual friend. He had, he owns like a hundred plus rentals in, uh, in Oregon that he bought eighties and nineties. And so he, uh, he was kind of mentoring me a little bit. And at first he's like, when we first met, he's like, don't ever ask me for money because I'm never going to give you any money. (laughs) Um, and so I'm like, okay, so I started calling him and he didn't answer all the time, but as I got more and more deals, he started answering more and more because he liked hearing about the deals. I mean, real estate investors love the chase. They love the deal. It's like, it's like heroin to, uh, (laughs) (laughs) and so, and so then when I quit my job and I, and I had that big month right there, he's like, Hey dude, you're passing some really good deals. Like here's $300,000. Like I want you to go buy a flip. Like I'll loan you the money work out the terms and go, you go buy a flip. And so then I didn't spend it right away. And then I waited for just the right one because I didn't want to screw up. That's our biggest thing is I never want to move backwards. I never want to like, I don't need a deal so bad where I have to, I have to go buy it. So I waited and we ended up buying a flip in like May. We bought it for 155 and it only needed like $25,000 worth of work. We ended up selling it in August for, 285. And so, and he oh, ended up, so he did 100% of the purchase, 100% of the rehab, and he took a 25% equity spread out of the profit. So he made like 19 grand, and I made, he made like 52,000. That's awesome. That flip. So $52,000 on your very first flip. 
Yeah, we put none of our own money into it. Well, we use our airline. We get we use our credit card to get airline miles, and then yeah. he just reimbursed us. We basically used none of our own money for the deal. That's cool, but you can't wow. do no money down deals. That doesn't. That's a scam. No, but I read the book by Brandon Turner. Okay. Low and no money down deals. <laughs> so <laughs> and you can <laughs> you can do it. So which you can get at biggerpockets.com slash no money. Uh, but I want to know like. <laughs> I, how do you get somebody? I mean, like, I, there's a few things that stand out to me here. You were not brand new at real estate. You weren't like you didn't you weren't fresh out. You know, like just like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing here, but hey, can I have 300 grand? Like a couple that you built the relationship with this guy, which is so key. Like your private lender. Everybody listen to this. Your private lenders are going to be people that you build relationships with. Like that's the first thing. Like it's not just some random guy you put an ad on Craigslist asking for money, which don't do that. They're not going to give you money, right? Um, people no. email me out of the blue and they're like, Hey, will you fund my deal? I'm like, no, I don't even know who you are. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's zero chance that I, I would ever do like that. that too. Yeah. Like, what? yeah, I get, it, you, you don't have any experience. <laughs> it's your first deal. I'm sorry. Yeah. I want to be philanthropist, but I didn't yeah. win the lottery. So I don't want to give up all my money to you that don't know what you're doing. That yeah, doesn't know what you're doing. Yeah. I don't know how to speak. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's really important. And I'm glad Brandon said something about that. You ha- already had a relationship with this guy. You knew him from he was a friend of your a friend he of a friend. A, he was a, my so my uh, my partner, my supervisor partner, Franz, had been friends with him since high school. Okay. And so he'd always told me about, oh, Gary, is just, this guy's awesome. You know, and he's just he's been doing real estate. He's been full time, you know, just does it, manages all his rental properties. And I'm like, I need to meet him. And he's like, no. No, no, I guess, no, you're too young and immature. And so then eventually I'm like, dude, I'm doing real estate. Like, give me his phone number. So I called him and he's like, had lunch with me and, and I bought his lunch. And that's one important thing I think that people uh, miss is like, if you're looking for somebody to like teach you something or you're asking them questions, always buy their lunch. Yeah. If you don't like, I bought so many lunches and so many dinners and so many things because I wanted like, not that I wanted something you have, but I want your knowledge. Like I want but I want to respect your time. And that's the biggest thing is if you're looking for something from me or somebody else, like make sure you respect their time. And so I bought him lunch and he's like, and he told me at that point, like, Hey, I'm not going to give you any money. But then I'm like, okay, that's fine. Can I call you? And like, so I'm a type of person that I drive a lot. So I just call people and we'll talk to them and just talk their ear off until they're like, Hey, I got to go. <laughs> and so I call them and tell them, be like, Hey dude, what would you do on this situation? Like, what do you think about this deal? Like, this person said this and he's like, well, I would handle this. Or I'm like, Hey, this has a tenant in it. What would you do with that? And so he started answering the phone more and more and more. Cause I started getting better and better deals and like cooler stories. And he's like, he likes hearing about it. And then I started calling him like once a month and he would answer. And then I called him like every other week and he started answering more and more. And then finally he's just like, Hey, you're getting really good deals. You need to flip your own house. And so then at that point he's like, I can help you do that. Yeah. Well, what, what's cool about that too. How old was he? Do you remember? I mean, do you know, like about, yeah, He's like 54. All right. So like, and I make this point all the time and I'll make it again here. It's that older investors love to help younger investors when it's legit, like when they're seriously interested in something. That's why like, as you got better deals, better stories, like you became more credible in his mind. Like, and so he wanted to talk with you. He wanted to help you. He wanted to train you. He wanted to mentor you because it's like, most of those people, either their kids don't care about real estate or their family doesn't care about it. They're doing this by themselves. Most of them don't even have bigger pockets, like, cause old people don't know how to use a computer. And so they, they're just by themselves. So like they see this young guy or girl and they're like, all they, they think that, that they, 
I see myself in them at that age. You know, I want to help them. I want to get there. And I, you know, take advantage of that when you're, when you're younger than somebody else. And he's just, he was, he's just such a good man. And then his son ended up, wasn't really super interested in real estate. But then I started like saying, Hey, come like driving for dollars for me. And like, Hey, I'll hire you to drive for dollars or, and like hang out with me. And then at that point, he's like, I want to send some letters out and I want to flip a house. And so they ended up buying a house on in Salem and they flipped it and his son did like all the work and did, you know, really good job. And they ended up making some good money. And now all of a sudden they got three flips going in Portland and they're just, his, they're just doing awesome. And so, That's so cool. it's really cool to see like how his dad helped me so much. Like I wouldn't be here without him. And then I got to help his son in return. And yeah. now his son's, you know, doing, not that I take any credit for what his son's doing, but cause he's got a lot more hustle than I do, I think. Um, but yeah, I love that. That's, that's a really cool story. And so like, yeah, if you guys are listening to this right now and you're, you're looking for somebody to mentor or you want know, help of some kind, first of all, don't use the word mentor. It's weird when you're like, Hey, will you be my mentor? But like, <laughs> you know, just go find somebody who's actually doing it in your market. Again, people come to Mindy or me, or I'm sure you like Elliot that, Hey, will you mentor me? But I, you don't, you live 2000 miles from me. I don't know your market. I don't know. What, I don't know what kind of sighting you have, right? Like, I don't know anything <laughs> about it. So like find somebody who's just crushing it in a market that you want to invest in and just become friends with them. Last night I was at the Denver meetup and this guy came up to me. His name was Brandon, which is why I remember him. Plus he was very nice. nice And he's just, he comes up and he's like, Hey, I'm new. I want to get started. Great. What can I help you with? He's like, how do I become more active in the community of bigger pockets? I'm like, well, you are asking the right (laughs) person. (laughs) And he was just very giving and very open. And I'm looking for somebody to teach me this is what I've got available. I've got these skills and I've got this. And I introduced him to somebody else who's doing what he wants to be doing. Just ask, but be engaging. Hey, can you help me get started? Is not as, as easy to help you get started as, Hey, here's what I can offer. Do you, do you know anybody who's looking for this stuff? Yeah. And I, and I help, I help uh, people quite a bit. And I've, and I usually help the people that are actually doing something Yeah, like like they've actually like, or I tell them, I'm like, Hey, they're like, Hey, how do I get started? I'm like, okay, go drive a hundred houses, send me the addresses and then I'll help you like get the phone numbers and I'll help you, I'll help you get the addresses and then I'll help you get all the information and then you can send letters or whatever, but like actually go do something. Yep. And that's kind of the key is like, go do something. And then, then my goal at the end of the day is if I can help you and you want to wholesale, well, I'll be your buyer. I'll buy every deal. I'll help walk you through like the whole thing. Just get me in front of people. And then at that point I can, I can show you how it's done from there. Yeah. But I love, I love that. But I've noticed a lot that people are so quick to like either a, they think it's really easy <laughs> and they don't get deals and they can't figure it out or B they're quick to really go for like an extra $5 from somebody and forget who helped them get where they got. Again, it goes back to the point earlier, just have integrity and care about people and, and try to do the right thing. Money's not the most important thing. Friendship and uh, relationships are the most important thing in this business. Yeah. I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I I love that you said, Oh, go ahead, Mindy. I was going to say, I feel like I'm yelling at Elliot. I'm like, I'm agreeing (laughs) with you and and like reiterating what you're saying. I'm not yelling at you. I'm sure he, he'll, he'll survive. So <laughs> again, I love, just to stress that point, like you like to work with people who are already taking action. You know, there's this phrase that I, I say all the time on bigger pockets webinars is that there's a massive chasm between desire and commitment. And the, the, the difference is action, right? You can want something. You can want to be a wholesaler or want to be a flipper, 
But then to really like, what's the difference between somebody who wants it and somebody who actually does it? It's, it's people who take action, right? So don't go to somebody like, Hey, will you teach me how to become a real estate investor? Go out and work at becoming a real estate investor and then ask for help. Be like, Hey, I just went and drove for three hours. I have a list of all these vacant houses. I'm not sure how to get the information for this. Can you tell me how to get the information? And now all of a sudden you have a, a really easy in like, who's going to, who's going to not answer that question? Like if you're an experienced real estate investor and somebody comes to you and be like, Hey, I got a hundred houses. Uh, how do I, you know, search the county records? Like, of course you're gonna be like, here, go here, go to this page. And then when you find a good deal, come bring it to me. Right. Like, yeah. of course you're going to do we that. We actually, we actually just like say, send us the, the list and like, we have our VA, like scrub it for them nice. and we'll pay our VA to scrub it for them. And then just send it back to them and be like, here's the list. <laughs> that's awesome. Wow. Now I won't do that. Like for people, like if anybody sent a ton of emails, like this, <laughs> I'm not a millionaire. Am I going to be like, oh, here VA, like here's. 10,000 hours of work. Get it done this week. <laughs> What's your email address again? Yeah. In this market. I'll help in my market. Yeah. Well, so, so here's what's cool about that too, is that you are, you are doing that. Uh, you're obviously a nice guy. You're obviously like building relationships, but at the same time, like there has to be a piece of that by helping these people, you know, that they're going to hopefully bring you deals someday. Right. It's like, you're, yeah. you're working together. It's me investing in them yep. and investing in deals. Like it's just another way to get my money out on the street. And if I can get my money out on the street in different ways, like then all of a sudden it starts bringing back, coming back to me in different ways. It's not just my marketing. Now all of a sudden it's 10 people's marketing or 10 people cold calling or 10 people doing this. Now all of a sudden now it's 20 people. And so I can do all that. I don't even have to market at the end of the day because all of a sudden I have enough deals and I can have, I can do it that way. Yeah. I love that. So how are you today and today? Well, two questions. One, what kind of volume are you doing? Like in the last year, like kind of flipping wholesale, whatever. And then also like, what are you doing today for marketing and for your business? So last year we did uh, roughly 40, I think it was 41 deals. Whoa. This year we've kind of slowed down a little bit because we transitioned to all flipping this okay. year. Basically we did one wholesale, but, uh, and we also moved to tri cities. My wife and I uh, wanted to get closer to family. And again, goes back to lifestyle first, other than profit. Like we wanted to make the most money. We should have stayed in Vancouver, Portland. But we really wanted to have a good marriage and, and work, work on us and work on our family. And so that was more important. Sure. So, so we're slowing down a little bit just in the sense where, but we're still doing really good deals. And so I think we'll probably do right around 30 deals this year is wow. kind of where I'm guessing 25 to 30. And then I have a full partner in Vancouver. And so a lot of those deals are in Vancouver. And now I have a full partner just because I couldn't handle everything from three hours, three and a half hours away. And then we're doing some deals in tri cities as well on our, on our own. That's cool. I love that. I love Like, I mean, you're still crushing it. Like, you know, slowing down is 30 deals a year. <laughs> like, wow. Um, and you're not working 40, 50, 60 hours a week. You're, you're doing this part time, right? If I could work 20 every week, I think we'd do 40 deals a year. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. All right, man, you make me so jealous. I, I, mean, I like, I, yeah. I, I, I like staying up late and I, I have my dog, Ted, who's a Yorkie and I love pedaling with him and I love golfing <laughs> and, and I like I'll binge watch stuff. Like I binge watch Game of Thrones. Like I watch six seasons in like six days. <laughs> that's a lot of Game of Thrones. <laughs> wow. 60 hours of Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's well done. Uh, but, we, but we do have an assistant. We just hired an assistant to help get us back. Like we kind of took half the year off or kind of like focused on Chrissy and I and our family and those things that were important to us, got our house in a better order. And now we're like kind of ramping it up again. We just hired an assistant to help keep me more organized. How do we keep following up? So we're doing pretty good. I mean, we have 
we have four projects we own right now and we have i think eight leads in the pipeline that i probably should buy four or five of them i would guess um so i mean we're we're doing good i just need to stay focused my biggest thing is i'm super add and i'm like squirrel like oh squirrel (laughs) so that's my biggest problem and my wife's definitely the very like she can be diligent and keep me focused and now we just hired another person that just can keep me focused say elliot like you have to follow up with you have to do this like this hey what do you what do you use for a crm to keep track of all your stuff and to kind of keep organized uh so we use podio and then we use drop use dropbox a lot so that's pretty helpful okay cool okay so is your friend your 54 year old friend brandon 54 is not old it's pretty old uh is your is your friend still funding these deals how are you buying eight deals at a time or four deals at a time uh, so no, we did a couple partnership deals, uh, and then we did, he funded a couple. He's kind of, he's kind of, that's another issue is he tied up a lot of his money with his son. And so I trained him and then <laughs> now all of a sudden he tied up a lot of money with his son because they bought some higher dollar flips, um, which is fine. But I have a partner that in Vancouver that funds pretty much all the deals in Vancouver. Uh, we did this, we actually, I have a closing at 1130 today on one that we funded with, <laughs> with all our own money. Um, Christy and I funded ourselves and then I have some, my dad's money and then we have a private lender. Um, and so we just kind of get it from where we need to get it from. And then if like the fix is too big, we'll just wholesale it out. Um, so, or we'll buy it, we'll buy it and then just relist it and we'll just sell it and get our money back really quick. That's okay, cool. cool. Um, so what about, what are you doing to find deals? Is that direct mail marketing still working for you? Yeah, it's working and it's definitely slowed down. Here'd be my plug. I use Justin Severio, uh, with, open nice. letter marketing. Yep. Um, and he's done really good. He's got a lot of different tricks up his sleeve that he's working that has really helped us. And we're, we're kind of as guinea pigs. He tests new things with us and it's just really been a good service. We, we were doing everything in house and we actually have a, uh, envelope stuffer right behind me that we bought. But yeah, I mean, so direct mail, we send about 8,000 letters a month still. Wow. Um, so, uh, and then, um, and then I'll do some cold calling. Sometimes if I can get the motivation, that's, that's sometimes really hard for me. I deal with like being bipolar where I, I go like high highs and then low lows. So like on super high days, I, I can call like a million people and be like, I'm going to buy your house. And then other days I'm like, I'm not getting out of bed today. Yeah. And so, and so that's kind of what we do. Direct mail and cold calling. Like, is that legit? You like deal with bipolar? Do you mind talking about that? Like, no, I don't mind talking. No, I definitely deal with it. So like, it's just something I've always kind of had some chemical imbalances in my brain and, and struggle with anxiety and depression growing up. And I, uh, I got sober when I was 21. So I had some substance abuse problems. And, uh, so then, but I just always dealt with some kind of chemical imbalance. And so I basically, I do, I have days where I'm like, I'm the king of the world and I can accomplish anything and like watch out and I'll get more than done than like three people will. And then there's other days where I just don't do anything. I just like, I have no motivation. Like I'll answer my phone and stuff, but I just don't really want to do anything. And so my wife is like super understanding. Like she never says, Hey, it's 12 o'clock. You're still on the couch or like, Hey, you're still in bed. She's just like, she knows that like tomorrow is going to be a new day and, and I will get a lot done. And so we're, I'm very fortunate in that sense where she doesn't ever yell at me, but I say I have way more good days than I have bad days but I still deal with just, you know, being depressed some days and like I suck and which is so easy to do in this day and age. Like you get on Facebook and you see this yeah. guy like 
I'm 20 years old and I'm making $20 million wholesaling. And I, <laughs> everybody brags about all the cool stuff they're doing. Yeah. And it makes really, it can make you really feel like subpar, like I'm lazy or I'm not hustling. Or you listen to Gary V for like yeah. five seconds and you're like, I'm wasting my life. Like, what am I even doing living? Well, Facebook, I've started said Facebook is like a highlight reel, right? Everybody posts all their good stuff, but nobody posts their bad stuff. So you get this like feeling that we all get is that everybody's doing way cooler, better, more exciting things with cooler people than I'm ever doing. But of course, if you, somebody goes to your page, you're, doing cooler, more exciting, fun things than anybody else is doing. Like it's a highlight reel. Exactly. And that's one thing I just got to remind myself. Like there's one thing when I went to AA, it was like, if everybody in the room threw their problems in the center of the room or what their situation, like everybody would, and you think your problems are so bad or whatever, everybody would grab their problems back because they're really not that bad. And so, you know, really just putting it in perspective, like I have a pretty awesome life. I have a great wife. You know, we're very conservative. We don't have any like huge stresses. I don't have to buy a house next week. I don't have to buy a house probably for the next three or four years. I mean, so we don't really have stresses where I have to do it, but I, I do want to get better and be better for myself. That's, that's the biggest thing is like, you know, at this point now it's all about my making myself feel better and like doing deals and working and being consistent and things like that just to, for my own self gratification. Makes a lot of sense. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I appreciate you like you know, talking about that because it's something that we don't really talk about on the show very much. You know, like the the emotional side of being an investor or just being a person, right? Uh, but that, I mean, that makes up who we are as investors. We have to deal with those things. We have to use our weaknesses and our strengths. Try to you know figure out how to make this work by by you know maximizing what we can do. Totally. And that's the thing. It's like, that's, that's this game. The game, this game is bipolar in this sense. It's like, you're going to have some really awesome days. Like you're on top of the world. Like, and then you're going to have like, Oh my God, I just made a hundred thousand dollars this month. And then you're like, I didn't get a deal for like six weeks. Like I'm terrible. Like what is going on? Like (laughs) I am the worst, you know, person. And it's just, it's, it's highs and lows. And so I think just dealing with that and understanding like, Hey, there's going to be really good months. And then there's going to be months that aren't as good as the other month or, you know, flips aren't always going to go the right way or, you know, things are going to happen and like, and how do you deal with it? And how do you hedge it? So you don't lose money. So you're always making money at the end of the day or one bet covers the next bet. Yeah. Uh, yeah I think sense. it's really important to just keep in mind that as you go through life, other people are dealing with stuff that you might not see. You know, yeah. I don't see that, that you're having a really great day today or that you're having a really bad day. No, you just have to keep in mind that people are going through other things. Yeah. And people are good at putting faces on. Right. And I'm really, I'm probably one of the best Like I can go put a happy face on all the time, but you don't. And that's the thing, you know, always love people and try to do the right thing because you don't know where people are at mentally. Like that's the one thing is you just, you just don't know. Like you don't know what those person's thoughts and you might just do something to push them over the edge. So you just, you know, just love people and try to do the right thing by people. And, and like you said, Mindy, you don't know where they're at in that time of their life. You don't know if their mom's sick or their dad's in the hospital or, or, you know, they're, your child's sick. I mean, there's a lot of crappy things that happen to people. And it's just, if you just, people just loved each other a little bit, like this world would be so much better. Man, that is a good way to end this segment of the show, man. Powerful stuff. Really, really, really good, Elliot. So before we, uh, you know, get out of here, let's shift real quick over to our world famous fire round. It's time for the fire round. Number one, uh, how do you secure your rehabs or do you, 
do you use any kind of security on your rehabs? What do you mean by security? Like, like a security uh, system, yeah, or do, locks, any electronic, anything like that. Like, how do you secure it from getting broken into? No, you just uh, we just lock it, have lock boxes. You know, they're gonna break in. They're gonna break in one way or another. Um, you know, sometimes hopefully they light a match and burn it down because it actually be better getting <laughs> insurance money. <laughs> but well, no, um, it it just is what it is. It's just one of the things. Like that's why you try to build deals with big enough spreads. Where it's like, if things, if like five things go wrong, I'm still making money. And so if somebody breaks in, then hopefully I'm still making money. Yeah. That's really important. I just read an article today or a post today about how somebody lost money on his first flip because he didn't account, like his margins were super tight to begin with. I'm going to make $5,000 on my flip. Well, that's not enough money to make on a flip unless you're doing absolutely nothing. If you're just wholesaling the property, but if you're actually putting money into it, it's so easy to go over budget. Okay. I would I would be a basket case if I only had a five thousand dollars margin yeah. less than like thirty thousand dollars I'd be like a head case. Yeah, I'd just be stressing the whole time. That's I, really important. You've yeah. got experience, and you're saying five thousand is not enough. That's listen, people. Okay, when it comes to determining how to bring the target value of a property up, how do you determine what to do for repairs and improvements? I think this is an important question because I think people always tend to over rehab the properties. So I really, we try to look and we we basically do the same thing like in all our rehabs, like every now and then we'll do granite, but very rarely, but it's basically the same for Micah countertops. It's the same colors. It's the same basic because we want to try to hit that first time, first time home buyer market, you know, and it's like, it's two colors. It's like there's, it's either color A or it's color B, but it's always the same for Micah looks really good. You know, a tile backsplash, laminate flooring or linoleum carpet and good paint. Just people want clean right now. Like the market, you don't have to over rehab things to sell your project. So clean, not cheap so much, but clean. And, you know, it doesn't need to be like I can do a rehab for $30,000 where you go and do it for 50. And I just made I made the deal work. And so that's kind of the difference. That's a good answer. Number three here with all the contracts, documents, invoices and other paperwork, what is your filing system to stay organized from start to finish? Is it paper, digital, and how does it work? It's named Christina Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. Mine's, uh, I, mine's I, named Heather Turner. Weird. It's. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a great answer. Excellent. Yeah, Excellent. We, we should have gotten Chris, Christina on the show today. Man. Yeah, no. I do the networking. I do the people, and she does all the back end. She makes the system run. And so that's, you know, I wouldn't be here without her for sure. I like it. Okay. What is the formula you use to run the numbers on your flip? Um, I do it very simple. I just use pull my calculator out. I just, what do I think a conservative after repair value is? Then I times it by 0.925 because in Washington, we have excise tax at 1.78%. And so that kind of gets me my closing costs, a seven and a half percent closing costs. Roughly, sometimes it goes a little bit higher, a little bit lower, but it works out. And then I just do that. Then it gives me a number. Then I minus what I think I need to put into the property. And then I minus where I need, I want my profit margin to be or where we need it to be minimum. And then at that point, we go and negotiate and try to get it below that at that point. There you go. I like it. It's super simple, though. Like we don't use any fancy calculators, any, you know, cash on cash returns. It's just we try to keep everything very, very simple. I think you can overcomplicate this and analyze deals to death. Because yes. while you're sitting there analyzing the deal, I've already made an offer and I already bought the property Yeah. Um, because I made a decision on the spot. So do you go see the properties or do you see them 
do you see them before you make an before you run the the numbers or do you run the no. numbers first and then determine to go to see it whether the numbers make sense no i usually go if there's some sort of motivation i always go on an appointment i don't and then sometimes i'll ask them kind of what they're asking looking for the property but if i can sense any motivation i just go on an appointment and i just go get in front of them and i just be me and and if and if if the property fits us and it fits us and we'll tell them hey you probably should sell to a cash buyer or if it doesn't like hey you could list it and here here by the way i'm with my realtor and he can list it for you and so we kind of just go that route and then we just in in your head if you look at enough of these deals like we're buying very similar stuff all the time especially in vancouver we know we know like our buy price is 150 to 180 we put 30 to 45,000 into them and we sell them for 250 to 285 and that's basically kind of where we're at if we get it lower than 150 then that's a win if we you know if not, then we're still in our, our margins there. Very cool. Okay. Hey, I got one more question. Uh, this isn't officially a fire round one, but it reminded me, you said you go to the appointments and you just be you. What, what do you, I mean, this is going to sound stupid, but like, I think it's an interesting question. What do you wear to an appointment? Like, do you dress nice? Do you just wear yeah. your t-shirt and jeans? Like, how do you uh, present yourself to the seller? Do you look like a lumberjack? I, uh, it, it depends on the seller actually. Okay. So 75% of the time I'm going to wear shorts and a collared shirt. Like I'm like a golfer. I'm just going to look like a golfer because that, that's always works. Um, sometimes <laughs> like sometimes I'll, I'll wear just a t-shirt and jeans. I drive an 06 Ford Ranger. So it's kind of beat up and I'm not trying to like be flashy. I'm just going to go. I just wear what's me, like, what's comfortable to me that day. Like I don't, I'll think about the seller and sometimes I'll dress it down a little bit, but never will I dress it up more than what I'm wearing. I usually just like, Hey, these clothes are clean. Cause my wife makes me do my own laundry. And I'm like, okay, I have this shirt clean. And then I ask her like, Hey, does this match? And she'll be like, no. And I'll be like, <laughs> and so, but then, yeah, it's just, and I just go like, I'm just a normal person. Like that's, that's all it is. I'm not, my goals. Yeah. Do I want to buy the house? Yes. But my goal is not to buy the house. My goal is to go, how do I like help this person? Like with whatever they're dealing with, you know? Are you know, I struggling with something that, and then I'm very open, just like I was on the podcast earlier. Like I talk about my life. I talk about my struggles. I talk about things I've dealt with. I talk about being seven years sober. I talk about whatever I have going on and I connect with them on a level that they understand. And then if we put a deal together, then we put a deal together that works for everybody. If we don't, then I just continue to help them throughout the process. I love it. Love it. I love awesome. that. All right. Well, let's head over to, our world famous. Famous for. All right, Elliot, number one, what is your favorite real estate related book? Uh, so I have two. I currently have a new no, one. No, I said, I said one, just one. Okay, okay fine. Yeah. I give you permission to All do right. as many as you want, Elliot. It is Mindy's side, so, so she can do what she uh, wants. One of the first <laughs> books that I uh, read was Millionaire Real Estate Investor by Gary Keller. And I think that's just a good book yep. to get in the mindset of like how to be a real estate investor. And then I also really like Anson's new book. There you go. This uh, finding funding great deals. It's it's super great. It deals with a lot of the things that I same things I do, and I think Anson really has the same personality and same philosophy on life and business as I do. And so it's it's awesome. And it's just like sitting down and having a conversation with Anson. And so I uh, I love it because Anson's fun to sit there with. Anson is one of the, the best people ever. He's in actually in my uh, mastermind, and we took him to the airport at like. 2.30 in the morning, like back in August. And then we couldn't find a hotel room for like less than $200. And so Chrissy and I slept in the Home Depot parking lot in Portland. Because <laughs> we're so cheap. We didn't want to spend $180 on a hotel. 
That's funny. I I I slept in my car a few weeks ago with Heather because that was how we were at the hospital. But still, we we've done, I've been there, done that. Yeah, All right. I just said a couple of weeks ago when we we lost uh, our flight was canceled and there was a giant mess and we slept in the back of the car for wow. it was like two hours. You can't get a hotel. Yeah. $180 for a hotel room for two hours. You can, you go in there and be like, hi, I need a hotel room for an hour. How much you charge for that? They look at you really funny whenever that happens. So <laughs> yeah. When you bring two little <laughs> girls in, it's going to look like a big weirdo. Uh, okay. All right, new low, new low. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Number two. Uh, favorite business book, non real estate related. Um, so I'm going to go with pitch anything by Owen. Owen Claff. Yeah. I love that book. I literally listened to that book. 15 times on audible and I have a lot of books in my audible, but I've listened to that book a ton. It really talks to you about how you get in the seller's mind and people's mindset. How do you get past their crock brain? How you get past how you win the frame and how you become the authority figure. And that's really the key is how do I become the authority figure where then all of a sudden I know I'm doing the right thing by these people. Give me the authority to help you and tell you how to make the decision. Yep. And so I listened to that thing so much before I quit my job. Like I would run routes and I just like listen to that podcast or that book, like on repeat. And it's, it's awesome. I still listen to it probably every six months. It was a fantastic book. I really liked it a lot. Oh, cool. All right. Next one, Mindy. What are your hobbies? What do you uh, like to do? You said golf. Uh, I love golf. That's my, my big thing. My wife really likes traveling. So I travel with her as long as there's golf courses around. <laughs> um, but yeah, golfing, I like playing poker. Sometimes I'm not very good at it. My wife says I can't lie. So I'm a terrible poker player. If you uh, can't lie, you can't play poker. Yeah. And then love hanging out with my dog, Ted. And, and that's kind of what I like. Cool. Oh, Ted, did you do have, we have, do you have, Ted, do we have Ted right there? Yeah, I'm going to get him. Okay, go, go get Ted. Ted! Let's go see Ted. If you're li- listening to this, Ted. you're missing out on the cutest oh. dog ever. He, he Hi, is- Ted! He's like Brandon's brother or dog's brother. Yeah, they're very similar looking. <laughs> yeah, he said hi. <laughs> that was perfect timing. That All was right. a perfect little bark. That was. Yeah. All right, number four. What sets apart successful real estate investors from those who give up, fail, or never get started? Um, I think just self-knowledge. I think that's really the big key for us is just really trying to go, you don't need to spend a ton of money on courses. Just Go find out what you need to find out from people, bigger pockets, from books. There's so much information out there and really be dedicated to like growing your self-knowledge in different areas, but not just in real estate, but like with dealing with people and dealing with things and, and how do I get better? And that, I think that really sets you apart because if you can't go get yourself educated, then really what's the point of trying in this whole thing? Cause you're just going to waste everybody's time. I think. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. So true. Okay. Elliot, where can people find out more about you? Uh, you can find me on Bigger Pockets. I'm on Bigger Pockets, uh, Facebook. I don't have any like fancy website or course or anything, but uh, <laughs> just Bigger Pockets. Uh, I don't get on there as much as I used to, but I will make a point. And then you could probably also ask me for my email and, and you can shoot me an email. And then sometimes I respond. Sometimes I'm not the best at responding, but yeah, <laughs> I will make a solid effort to respond to everybody. Nice. Great. Great. Thank you so much. Yeah. Ellie, this was really, really, really fantastic. Really good. And, uh, I learned a lot and I'm super motivated to go do some more stuff. Cause I want to do this part-time and be doing 30 deals a year. Come on. I thought, I thought you yeah. were part-time. I am. I am doing this part. Okay. I, I'm not doing 32, 30 deals a year though. So come on. I got to, yeah, you're doing different deals. 
Yeah. You're doing like different, different stuff. And that's, what's great about real estate is you don't yeah. like my way might not work for you, you know? And that's just kind of how it is. And well, in all reality, I mean like, so like on that note, we should talk, talk about it for a minute. Like when I looked at what I'm good at and what I'm not good at, I don't like talking to people on the phone. I don't like sellers. I don't really like dealing with that side of things. So as much as I like get excited about doing a ton of direct mail and then getting a, t- a ton of volume, I'm like, I just hate that side of the business. I'd rather hire someone. Uh, and so for a while, that's what I did. That's how I did a bunch of deals last year. I just hired an assistant to help with that. But even yeah. so, well, I think I'd rather do fewer but bigger deals maybe, but we'll see. Yeah. You can also, Ryan, Ryan Dossie, he's a member of the site. He's putting a call uh, porter together is what it's called. It's like, it's a, for his company, but he also has other real estate investors. So like they only handle, it's not like Pat Live, which is terrible, by the way. If you have Pat Live, like get rid of that right away. <laughs> Like, cause they just don't, they're answering different calls. Like they're yeah. answering different things. And so it's, um, it's really good to have like a real estate investor. And there's different companies out there that will do it, but like have real, or I have other, I have other buddies that have VAs in South Africa that answer the phones for them that understand the process and, or have salespeople, they send sales training. And so you can hire that out. And that's, yeah. that's why my wife and I are such a good team because I love sales and I love people and she couldn't do that or doesn't want to do that, but I hate the accounting side of it. And I hate the paperwork and the backend side and the listing side. And she loves doing that stuff. She's good at it. And so like, you just need to find somebody that like your better half on the real estate side. There we yeah. go. Yeah. If you've got a task that you don't want to do, you are going to find a hundred ways to procrastinate that task. Yep. Yeah. So true. All right. Well, man, this was awesome. So we'll talk to you later, Elliot. Thank you so much. Thanks guys. Thank you, Elliot. This was really a lot of fun. Yep. Fun. Thank you. Bye. And that was our show with Elliot Smith. Man, there was so much good stuff in there. I loved, loved that conversation. What about you, Mindy? I love being in, stepping in for Josh. And, but it's difficult because I, I have all these notes I want to take and all these things I want to do after listening to the show. I know. This show is no exception. Elliot is really so many tips, so many actionable, so much actionable advice and so much just great. Raw. He was very relationship like, yeah, like, I think he's very, very open, honest and like, uh, and noble almost about how he invests in real estate. And I love that. Like, he's not like, let's just go make some money quickly. I mean, he's making money, but like, let's do this the right way. I love that. Yeah. That's, you know, that's a really good point. He's still making money yeah. and he's able to sleep at night. Yep. He's not being some skeezy loser. Who's trying to take advantage of people. Skeezy word of the day. Like some people I know. So if you go to at, go to Twitter and go to at Mindy at BP, is that your Twitter? Yes, M-I-N-D-Y-A-T-B-P. All right, I want you to go on Twitter and hit up Mindy and try to spell the word skeezy. That's, that's, our, uh, that's our game of the day. And if you, if you get it right, you get nothing but a high five from Mindy. So Air high five air if you're watching. I, I left you hanging, sorry. All right, with that, let's get out of here. I got, a, I got a little girl. My little girl actually today was the first time ever, like I left the room and she started crying and she would not let me go. And she was like hugging me and like, that's never really happened before. So I got to go and, uh, you know, it's a new age. As you said earlier, that's called manipulation, right? Manipulation, <laughs> she's starting young. Yeah, all right. Well, I'm going to go get manipulated because she's so cute. She is so cute. Okay, tell her I said hello. Give her a big kiss on the cheek for me, and I will talk to you later. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you, everybody. Enjoy the random six coming up after the music. Adios. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com. 
your home for real estate investing online. It's time for it. It's time for The Random Six. All right, we have one last little segment of the show here. Segment? Section? I don't know. Of the show. <laughs> Which we like to throw in the end here. Called our Random Six. It used to be Random Five. Now it's Random Six. All right, number one. Random one hundred thousand. <laughs> we might have the random one hundred k. Number one of one hundred k. If you could live anywhere in the world for a year, where would it be? I would probably live in Scottsdale, but not in the summer. Scottsdale, Arizona. Yeah. You moved to the sun in the summer. Well, I would golf every day. Oh yeah, you're a golfer. Oh, That's cool. yeah. they do I, have me, golf courses. Me moving, or like, if money was an object, I'd move to like Hawaii, and then I'd have a membership at like every course on the island in Maui, and then like I'd learn how to surf like on my free time. Oh, oh, Brandon, that I went surfing once. Brandon is now surfing. a better surfer than I am. I don't think that's true, but. You, know. you just spent a month with Nords. I did spend a month with Nords. Doug Norderman was awesome. From the Military Guide. From the Military Guide. Yeah, uh, he taught me how to surf a little bit. I think we're going to Costa Rica in February, so I'm going to try to figure out how to surf there. That's oh, awesome. Super easy to surf. You just stand up. Oh, hey, I'm going to interrupt the random six here for the people Oh, on Rosie. Video. Yeah, Rosie. Rosie. Oh, look at this oh, big hey, girl. Rosie. Hi, Rosie. Can you wave? Can you wave? Oh my goodness, she looks so much like Heather there. Yeah, yeah. good thing. She, yeah, it's a good thing. She looks like Heather. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? All right, uh, Rosie's gonna ask the next of the random six here. Wait, did you ask one, Mindy? Not yet. Oh, but you, it's okay. You, you, Rosie can ask. Rosie want, can ask him what his dream car is. Do you want to ask a question? <laughs> do you say hi? Hey, how about this, Rosie? What does a doggy say? <laughs> She's just smiling oh, at nothing. you guys. What is a, what does a doggy say? Nothing, just smiles. All right. Anyway. You're so, you're so pretty. You're, you're pretty. so pretty. How is Disneyland? Did you have fun? You had fun at Disneyland, didn't you? Yeah, you you're did. You're so pretty. Yeah, you dressed up. She dressed up as Belle and she went to Disneyland and oh my very pretty the whole time. I, I can't wait to have kids. Yeah, you got to have one. It's pretty funny. All right. I have to travel. <laughs> we have to travel first and then my wife. That's, that's what we did. We traveled first and then we had a kid and now we still travel with her. So Yeah. How's that yes. work? Yeah, it's uh, way fun. It's super easy. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon just had a nightmare. Oh my gosh, I had I had a nightmare, but it was all right. She just it was a it was a red eye. Don't do red eye with a baby. It's horrible. No, never, yeah, never. Or but with young Mindy kids. didn't tell me that, and then I did it, and then Mindy's like, "Oh yeah, Sorry. didn't I tell you that? You should never do that." It's a terrible idea. Here, play with a battery. All right, next question. Oh. Go ahead, Mindy. Really, Brandon? Give her a battery? <laughs> I don't know. She wanted uh. it. Okay, there, Elliot. Phone. What is your dream car? Uh, I really would like to have a Tesla. Ooh, That's which kind of one? my, uh, like I figured it out. It was like the P95 and I like put it online. It was like $145,000. Like <laughs> I built it online with like all the bells and whistles, but like, I don't think I would ever buy it. I might buy a used one, but I don't know. That would be my dream car. Yeah. That's my husband's dream car now. Because I'm, I'm a terrible driver. My wife tells me all the time. And so like, I just need the autopilot. Feature. There you go. So I just be like, autopilot. We have about five years left of driving in this world, I think. And then we're mostly done. No, I just got a super cool car. I would like What'd to you continue to be able to drive it. I got a 1991 Acura NSX. I don't even know what that is, but it sounds old. Old. <laughs> Listen, old. it is beautiful. I was six years old when that came out. I don't even like you anymore, Brandon. <laughs> Speaking of not liking me, Elliot, 
What was the worst punishment? The first segue ever. (laughs) What was the worst punishment you ever had when you were a kid? I don't know. My mom was like, she spanked me all the time because I was bad. And so um, that was probably the worst. I don't know. I didn't like getting spanked. But I didn't like, uh, I'd rather get spanked than get grounded. And so, like, but I didn't get in trouble. I mean, I didn't get in trouble a ton. So I think I did a lot more punishments to myself than anybody else did. (laughs) (laughs) My parents used to do the nose in the corner. You know, you used to go put your nose in the corner. That was the worst. Like, you just have to sit there and stare at the corner. I hate, that's the worst punishment. I think the worst one ever was my, uh, I hate meatloaf to this day, but my mom made meatloaf and then she made the next day. She's like, you got to eat a meatloaf sandwich for lunch, like cold meatloaf. And I'm like, this is gross. <laughs> I literally sat at the table for like three hours and then I finally like ate it and I'm like, I'm throwing up. And then I'm like, I, to this day, I have never, ever touched meatloaf and I will never, ever eat it <laughs> because of that. Like, just like, I felt like I was going to throw up and I just, I'm, I'm a picky eater. So, wow. I like me, love. All right, next question. Well, you are a lumberjack. I am yeah. a lumberjack. You're a, and I like my you're a mountain life. man. <laughs> Not quite. Okay. What would you do if you won the lottery? I won the lottery. I'd build my own golf course. Mm. Oh, all this golf. It depends, it depends on how much, like, how much I won on the lottery. Um, if I won, like, like six bucks. Game, yeah. <laughs> If I won like life changing, like Powerball, like half a billion dollars, like then I would build my own golf course. If um, if it was just, you know, like a million dollars, I just buy more houses or put it aside and, you know, probably just invest it. Maybe take a trip, maybe make my uh, give my mom some money so she doesn't have to work and my dad. That's very noble of you. Yeah. All right. So next one. Is it mine or yours, Mindy? It is your turn. All right. What makes you bored? Oh, man. That kind of goes back. I get bored all the time, but then I just continue to sit there and I play Candy Crush all the time. Nice. Uh, (laughs) What makes me bored? Just like, I don't know. I went to a baby shower on Saturday and that was really boring. Those are the worst. Yeah. Those are awful. As a woman, I hate going to those. Yeah. It was like dumb and I lost the game. So my (laughs) wife. (laughs) What was the game? Uh, I was like where you can't say baby and then you get like these clips and then it was also like a bingo deal. And so like I was like kind of winning the clips, like trying to trick everybody. And then all of a sudden I'm like, they open a gift and I'm like, oh, that's a baby carrier. And I'm like, oh, I just uh. lost all my clips. <laughs> and, then, and then my wife won the bingo in like six tra- or, like six moves or whatever, like way fast. And I'm like, well, this is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Last question of the uh, random six, Mindy, what do you got? What is your favorite quote? Oh man, that's, I don't, I don't have a good memory. I don't remember. <laughs> that's all right. Um, I don't know. Just stuff that has to do with like just pushing forward, like no matter what that, uh, circumstances are. I think that's, you know, something usually to try to try to try to do like no matter what, what life throws at you. Cause I've done a lot of crazy stuff and put myself in a lot of predicaments that like no matter what happens, like just just keep pushing forward and like good things happen end up happening. I like something it. like that. That's a good yeah. quote. Yeah, it could be your quote. It'd be my quote. Yeah, I'm gonna, my I'm gonna new Instagram favorite that. quote. Elliot yeah. Smith from Elliot yeah. Smith, not yeah, the I musician. One, I have one question. <laughs> hey, can we be best friends, Brandon? Like we, forever. <laughs> we will be best friends forever. <laughs> Are you coming out to Hawaii with me this winter? 
You gonna come hang uh, out? We're, we're trying to trying to figure it out. I don't okay. I don't know because we're coming back on the twentieth from Southeast Asia, but then it's gonna be in Christmas. But I don't know. You right. tried to make it work, but you weren't sure when you were going. I know when I'm going now, but I'm not gonna tell you right now because then everybody from BP will flock there. But okay, well then, like when you get wow. off. <laughs> but we are we are coming to. I'm, I have uh, a big head. <laughs> we are coming to the greatest. Uh, the there's uh, the greatest real estate. Vice ever by Joe Fairless in oh, yep. Denver on the eighth and ninth and tenth or whatever. Yep. And then we're doing like the BP mastermind deal on like on the eighth or something. Like they have a BP like meetup yep. with Anson. We're doing that, and then I'm doing like a mini mastermind with Anson. So I will be in Denver. Maybe I will have to go to Denver during that time. We'll see. You Good. should come to Denver, Brandon. Yeah. When is the meetup, Mindy? Do you remember the eighth? Is it the eighth of is January? February. Or February. 8th. February. This is a Thursday. Okay. It is being hosted at the Bigger Pockets headquarters. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, the word's Thanks. out. So those people who have stuck around for an hour and a half on this show, uh, <laughs> oh, they, they stuck around, especially if they're YouTubing it because they just love looking at your face, Brandon. I know. Well, I mean, <laughs> it, oh, it's, stop! Don't give them anything else to think about. <laughs> it's hard having a, a face that's pretty, you know. Like everywhere you go, people stop you, and like, "Oh my gosh, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen." Can I take a picture with you? And then it gets really weird in public, but you know. Someone's so I've been it. in public with Brandon. That has never happened. <laughs> it's more like oh, it's his wife. They want to see their wife. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and the the baby. I think that the baby takes a lot of the 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 looks yes. these days. Yes, so. because she's adorable. She is. Okay. All right, we're getting out of here. Elliot, thank you so much. You're welcome. Fire, 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 It's time for the fire round. Good job. Good job. You guys have heard the podcast before? Uh, I've listened to almost every episode. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. All right. They're really good, Brandon. Well, I've listened you. to most you. of the episodes. Well, thank you, Mindy. All, All right. the ones that don't have Brandon on them. <laughs> <laughs> like four. I, I went back and like listened to like the first couple the other day. Oh, oh don't do that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they're so awkward. Uh, I know they like, are. Because you were like a couple podcasts ago, you're like, oh yeah, the guy back on like show four was like really good or something. And I'm like, I'm going to go listen to that guy. And then I hear Josh and he's like very like stoic. No <laughs> and I'm like, these guys have no personality. They have no idea what they're doing. Yes. That's funny. Yes. Wow. Just keep going. Keep going, Elliot. I want to keep hearing it. Come on. Make me feel real good today. Like, we watched Brandon Turner like grow up before our eyes on bigger pockets. You kind of have because he's like nine. I am like nine. I'm, and he's, and he's worked learning. here for like 12 years. So it's, it doesn't work mathematically. The math doesn't he's work. Grown but, up. Well, that's he's good. grown up. That's good. That was the best fire round introduction I've ever heard. <laughs> With that, let's get to today's fire round. Hey, no, don't cut that out. I will not cut. <laughs> I will not cut any of that out. We're keeping that all in. The market is changing, and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom, and the best investors know it's not about timing the market; it's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com deals and enter a few details about what and where you want to buy and bam, instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com slash deals.
Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com slash deals. That's biggerpockets.com slash deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.